You're listening to the Radio Bold News Pod. I'm Mike Sakel, taking you beyond the headlines and introducing you to interesting people and happenings here in Sullivan County, New York, and throughout the Catskills and Hudson Valley. It's the Radio Bold News Pod. I'm Mike Sakel, and we have with us right now Sullivan County Public Health Director Nancy McGraw, who I'm very, very happy to have with me because uh, flat out honest truth is Nancy is usually so busy. She's one of the the more difficult people I, I get to chat with, uh, but uh, that's uh, that's just on account of the fact that uh, you are, in fact, very busy. And we're here to talk a little bit about coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, as it is known. And, uh, of course, n- we're not going to cover any of the statistics today because, obviously, uh, this program will be available for information, and that's what we really want to pass on is information. Uh, we know there are a number of cases in New York State as of this recording. Actually, New York State had the highest, is that correct, the highest number of cases in, in the United States? Is it, uh, it, was it's, that? it's right up there um, with Washington State, so I haven't checked the numbers recently, but yeah, there's... Right, and again, <laughs> it's it's a fluid situation. Nancy, welcome. I didn't even oh, thank I you. welcome you. <laughs> uh, and, and Thanks so, for having me. I appreciate so let's, uh, it. So let's talk a, a little bit about, you know, the, the basics uh, what what is coronavirus? What is COVID nineteen? Now this is a, this is a form of the flu, but it, or no no it's so, not. Some okay. of the symptoms are similar to yeah. to flu. So uh, so what it, is it? Initially, they so the name has changed a little bit as they they learn more about the virus. But it's a coronavirus. It's a new or novel coronavirus. There's there's uh, several other. I think at least four other commonly. Uh, known coronaviruses, it's but this a, is this is a new strain. This is a novel coronavirus. And, and this is something that, that has first appeared in in humans, right? Right. Is, right. So the the reason why there's so much attention uh, to this novel coronavirus is because, um, you know, when the outbreak began in in China and spread so quickly, um, they believe that, you know, whenever a virus uh, from animals uh, spreads to people, and then it starts to get transmitted from person to person. So it goes from an animal to a person. Um, and we have other examples in the past, like H1N1 flu, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like uh, you know avian flu, those kinds of things um, start with an animal in particular and then uh, are transmitted to people. Then we know that the virus is mutating. And when it then can be spread from person to person, that's when we want to watch it very closely. In terms of a, a new virus, how it acts and how it's transmitted. So, so where, do, where does a 2019 novel coronavirus come from? So they're still researching that, but what, what we know so far is that it may have stemmed from, from an animal, from an original meat market. Um, they still have not pinpointed exactly you know, there's some discussions of, that it originated from a bat, which is which is pretty common. I mean, you know, bats and, and other animals tend to um, have a lot of viruses that uh, can be transmitted to, to people. <clears throat> what we do know is that the symptoms um, of novel coronavirus, and, and we're calling it COVID-19 now mm-hmm. because that's the disease that it can, can um, lead to, um, are 
uh, fever first and foremost, because, you know, this is the time of year when people get a lot of other illnesses too, including the flu. And so there's some commonalities, um, um, which is flu-like I, I, symptoms, flu-like symptoms. But this is not the right. flu, and or, or right. anything really. It's not really related to the. So flu. the clinical symptoms of of COVID nineteen are a fever of uh, over a hundred, a hundred and point, a hundred point four or higher, shortness of breath, uh, cough, and it can lead to pneumonia. So. Your healthcare provider will be able to follow those clinical guidelines uh, if you're not feeling well, and to rule out the flu or to rule out another virus yeah. um, that may be, or the common cold, you yeah. know, maybe causing someone to feel uh, sick. But the it's respiratory in nature. It's, it's respiratory for, yeah. and yeah. it's spread by uh, droplets, and mm-hmm. um, that's why we encourage hand washing and. Uh, if you are sneezing, to cough into your elbow. Um, so what does that actually mm-hmm. mean when you say it, it, it's spread by droplets? So what when, is, you, when yeah. you cough or you sneeze, those mm-hmm. are droplets, okay. um, you know, that can be spread. spread and, you know, they can land on other surfaces. If, if you touch that, so you, you know, you touch a doorknob or something, somebody has uh, sneezed in that area, then it can be transferred to you. And, mm-hmm. and that's why we also encourage people not to touch their face, you know, their, their, um, their nose. We don't even realize how often we touch our face right, every right. day. I've become a lot more aware of that lately. <laughs> nose, it's, eyes, it's mouth, yeah, yeah. and to keep your hands washed. And that's, that's really good advice for preventing the common cold transmission, preventing mm-hmm. the flu and anything else. So I know it's hard to do, but and when in those communities where there's ongoing community transmission um, down towards like Westchester has a county has the highest number of cases that we um, practice things like social distancing. Um, what we know so far is, you know, within six feet, if you stay six feet away from from someone who's uh, looks like they're not feeling well, you're going to be protected. You know, unless they sneeze mm-hmm. all over you, <laughs> that kind right, of thing. Right, so, right. But so generally it's, speaking, that's a good rule of it's, thumb. Right. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. as easily transmissible, certainly as as the measles like we had last year. Which so it's, is a, it's, it's so really the measles close, is airborne. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, and and this is not. This is this droplet. is close contact. You really you really have to have contact close contact. With, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. and we also ask people to forego handshaking because you know right. um, that's another preventive measure. Uh, where you can protect yourself from getting, you know, this as well as a cold, as well as the flu or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we like to shake hands when we're out and about and we're in meetings. It's just the polite thing to do. But uh, whenever there's a, a, an outbreak going on and we we ramp up our prevention messages, we yeah. we want to consider maybe not shaking hands. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of talk about these alcohol-based hand sanitizers and such aside from washing your hands for 20 seconds mm-hmm. or um uh, and and doing if it's not available to you and of course when we're out or even at the office and daily work mm-hmm. uh yeah sometimes it's difficult to do that now what what is it about it do these alcohol-based products actually kill the germs or i, I mean what's yeah. Yes. What's what's behind so that? So it's that the alcohol in the mm-hmm. sanitizer, a uh, hand sanitizer, is is what uh, kills germs. So, mm-hmm. so yes, that is a good alternative if you don't have uh, easy access to soap and water. 
Um, the good old fashioned standard for hundreds of years has been soap and water and, you know, wash your hands for 20 seconds. It's about the amount of time it would take you to sing the happy birthday song a couple of times. I've become very aware of that too. 20 (laughs) seconds is, well, relatively speaking, it's a pretty long time. It is. You have to wash your hands. Yeah. Usually you just go in and do the soap and water in and out and you're done. But we encourage people to do it a little bit longer than that. Yeah. But the hand sanitizer, you know, if you if that's the only thing you have, it is a good alternative, and uh, it it's recommended. Some people may have uh, dry skin or cracks in their skin, and so uh, hand sanitizer because it does have alcohol in it may dry your hands out more. Right. So that's why we we do recommend soap and water as the first alternative. And and again, uh, you know, any alcohol based kind of disinfectant wipes and things like that for surfaces, mm-hmm. you know, the you Clorox mentioned doorknobs, Clorox things like that. Wi- yeah, Clorox yeah. wipes. Um, and so some of the guidance that's coming out uh, for businesses and for non-healthcare related facilities, um, schools, uh, general, just general facilities for cleaning uh, is the Clorox wipes, the disinfectant and uh, you know, there's cleaning guidance available on the state health department's website, right, uh, right. and we've pushed that out to to all of our community partners as well. And I have to ask the question: What's up with the masks? Oh. You hear you, you hear those stories, and uh, you know people are are just uh, apparently, especially early on when this first started, yeah, people started hoarding these products, right? And now the word is, you don't. know, you really don't need you to. don't need you it. really don't need to. We don't recommend that anyone be concerned with wearing a mask. It does not protect you. If you're sick, you're the one who should wear a mask, not if you're well. So okay. there's no reason for to people to avoid those droplets from, from right. So if if I was yeah. sick and coughing and sneezing, I right. would probably not be here. Number one, but right. well, <laughs> number two, I would want to wear a mask if I sure. was you yeah. know uh, yeah. in close contact with other people, so that I don't transmit my germs to other people. So if you're healthy and you're well, there's no reason to go out and right. get a mask. Right. And so uh, there's different kinds of masks as well. So right, and then that was my that was going to be my next question. I mean, as far as healthcare professionals and individuals that are you know, involved and maybe closely involved in the quarantines and such there, those those respirator masks, which is a totally different thing. Totally different. So so there's something called an N95 mask, and you actually have to be fit tested for that. Um, And those are for healthcare providers. Right, right. uh, For... uh, Those actually seal... They're, they're sealed to your, your face. They're I mean, fitted they're, just yeah, they're for fitted you. Just right. Yeah. Right. And there's no reason to, you know, actually, I doubt if anybody can get them at this point other than healthcare providers and first responders. So we um, uh, certainly want to reserve those types of masks for healthcare providers, first responders, EMS providers. If an ambulance mm-hmm. has to go to someone's house who's who's sick, uh, with this particular virus, we want to make sure that, that they're protected as well. So right, right. there's planning uh, happening around that. So what are maybe some of the other steps? And I want to talk about the, you know, the common sense steps that people can take. We talked a lot about hand washing. and mm-hmm. um, So there's about six things we want to remind people to do. Mm-hmm. So the first one we talked a lot about is washing your hands with soap and water often. Um, you know, not just once a day, but, you know, every time you go to the bathroom or if your hands get dirty or, you know, you 
frequently yeah, no, throughout and, the day. And as an abundance of caution, I suppose, especially if you're in a public place, mm-hmm. you should probably do it pretty often. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and if yeah. you if you have a vulnerable family member uh, at home, mm-hmm. someone who's a senior citizen or someone who has an immune uh, disorder, a chronic underlying health condition that makes their immune system um, not as strong, then you you would want to wash your hands more frequently yeah, yeah. as well. Um, and if that's not available, an, an alcohol based hand sanitizer. And we that's talk- a very good point. And I, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, one of the other things that that seems to be true is you know we talk about the vulnerability. Certainly, older people, immune deficiencies. Children do not seem to be as affected at this point, right? Not Even from- though obviously. The schools are being mm-hmm. careful. Everybody is being careful right. and certainly don't want to start the Seems spread. to be impacting older but, adults. Yeah. Anybody with a weak, kind of like a weakness. In terms of severity. Yeah. 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 Or an underlying um, health issue. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the research will continue to evolve as we learn more about this uh, mm-hmm. virus, how it spreads and who's the most impacted. But. You know, you, we we learned about the nursing home, unfortunately, and yes, Washington yes. State, and and so we, you know, we're taking measures all over to make sure our most vulnerable residents, particularly those in nursing homes, are protected. Um, have you have you had outreach to to the nursing homes yes. and uh, the facility? I imagine mm-hmm. most of the healthcare facilities in the area, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. public health is what uh, providing information as to how. Uh, some of the things that need to be done and those things are being done right as the uh, as the guidance continues to come out we have had regular conference calls and meetings and discussions and uh, with with our health care providers including nursing homes we have another um, call this week and there's guidance co- that that came out for nursing homes in terms of uh, you know screening visitors and um, maybe considering restricting visiting hours um, looking for a travel history, you know, would be part of the screening mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as well as for signs and symptoms. So, um, you know, to get back to the, the things that we can do to prevent other than washing your hands uh, and using alcohol-based hand sanitizer, uh, we talked about avoiding touching your eyes, nose, and mouth, uh, especially with unwashed hands, avoiding close contact with people who are sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean? Close contact. So, you know, within a few feet, they say six feet for this, uh, is, is what we currently know. Stay home when you're sick. So, so that's really important because in this day and age, I think a lot of people, you know, we all kind of force ourselves sometimes to go out. Especially the, the diehard workaholics, right? Yeah. yeah, We see people go into work with uh, runny noses and, and even the flu. And definitely if you have a fever and a cough, Please stay home. We recommend that people stay home. And, and actually, managers and, and uh, supervisors and business owners should encourage their staff to feel free to take sick time and to be a little more lenient. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. Well, I, th- I think, you know, uh, as far as companies go, too, a lot more are aware these days. And, uh, and some situations, if people can work from home, for example, that is true. Uh, they're able they're mm-hmm. able to do that. And, and you know, with this outbreak, certainly uh, yeah. a lot more people have become aware of that and kind of put plans into place. But it's a good thing to, to keep in mind, for sure. Some of the things sure. that we're doing are, um, you know, reviewing our um, 
our plans in terms of emergency plans. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we call it, we have a couple of things. We call it a continuity of business operations. And it really arose many, many years ago during the H1N1 outbreak, uh, pandemic flu, um, to really identify essential services and essential empl- employees that, you know, if a s- large percentage of your staff were out sick, what what is your plan to, number one, allow them to work from home if they have an essential function? Can they work remotely? Which which functions are critical to keep your business or your department or organization going uh, in terms, you know, like things like payroll, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants right. to continue to get paid. Sure, so that's sure. a critical function. Um, and to um, encourage people to stay home if they are sick sure. and, you know, uh, allow, allow that use of sick time without people feeling like they have to come to work. So the other two things are cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue or into your elbow. And, and then make sure you throw it in the trash. Don't leave it laying around, you know, because that right. contaminates other surfaces. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces like your keyboard, your phone, your mouse, your doorknobs, uh, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, just to kind of wrap things up, uh, we've put out a lot of information. We've talked about a lot here. And uh, you are uh, you have a centralized website. Uh, we do. That covers... Information not only from Sullivan County Public Health Services, but of course from the New York State Health Department and from the CDC. Uh, I know the the link is available on uh, your webpage with, uh, through Sullivan County. It is uh, SullivanNY.us is mm-hmm. the general uh, county website. But uh, talk to me a little bit about the about the website, about what's available there. Okay. So um, you can go to the county's main uh, webpage and, and look for departments and look for public health services. Mm-hmm. But you can also jump to our coronavirus webpage directly from the, the Sullivan County government's main page. And we have a lot of information there in terms of, uh, you know, there's video there. There's a lot of links to state health department, the CDC, the World Health Organization, not just for the general public, but also for schools, healthcare facilities, organizations, um, cleaning and disinfection. You know, it gives you the 101 in terms of what it is and what the mild to severe respiratory symptoms are to, you know, what you can do in terms of seeking medical care if you feel that you're uh, experiencing some of these symptoms, and especially if you've had a travel history to one of a recent travel history within the last couple of weeks to one of these right, um, right. affected uh, countries that are that are on the list. And, and the reason we watch that for updates is because the numbers are going to continue to change as more and more people are tested. They're going to continue to go up. You know, we do expect that. But right now it's China, Italy, South Korea, and Japan that are on that travel advisory list, mm-hmm. and that's on the CDC website. You can now get to it from our page. There's also, uh, of course, outreach or connection available through uh, public health uh, through by calling, really, by, yes. by making a call. Mm-hmm. They can call, of course, Sullivan County Public Health Services. Right. You are available during the day. and. Uh, we are. Yep. We're actually available 24-7, mm-hmm. but there's there's two things that we want to clarify. One is that, you know, if we do get busier, we want to make sure that people with general questions have the state health department's one number for coronavirus. Right. 
those are general. It's a general information line for the public that have questions because we want to really reserve our resources and staff for um, actual uh, possible cases or concerns that people have mm-hmm. who who maybe are symptomatic or have a recent travel history and we want to be available to our healthcare providers as well. Now, so, if you call, if you call the New York state number, which yes. uh, 888-364-3065 right. is, is the number. Uh, do you get a person? You do. Or, you do. You do. Okay. They have a, it, it was up until very recently, a couple of days ago, um, weekdays, nine to five. Now it's 24 seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We statewide have asked them to, um, to, to make that a call center. That's 24 seven. So they've done that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and of uh, course, locally Sullivan County public health services, if there is uh, uh, a real emergency or questions, specific questions about, mm-hmm. uh, we're always happy to talk thing. to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, certainly if, if someone's not feeling well, um, they should call ahead to their health care provider yes, first. Yes, that's very important, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, instead of just showing up in their office. And because if they do for, uh, you know, test positive at some point, then they've already exposed other people. Sure. So we want them to call ahead. Not Don't just show up in the emergency room either. You know, call ahead and someone will triage you. Or, you know, we you can certainly call us at 292-5910. Uh, press extension zero for the receptionist, and you'll get a you get a person right away and ask to speak to one of our uh, disease control nurses. Very complicated uh, issue, of course, and it's it's something that's top of mind for everybody. But uh, uh, as we wrap up here, I I, I did want to mention that uh, you know this is this is really what Sullivan County Public Health Services does, and I think most people are familiar with the fact that you know even over this past year. Uh, you were dealing with a possible measles situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We had a measles and, outbreak, yeah, and we ended up yeah. with uh, 19 cases, which could have been much, much higher. Absolutely. But we, uh, so this is so this is really what, implemented what, what our what emergency plans, right? Yeah, this is your day to day, right? Um, Re- uh, local health departments like ours across the state are required by public health law, and that's uh, one of the 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 reasons we exist is to protect the health of the public. So we do disease surveillance uh, on a daily basis. And um, we have, we have a whole epidemiology department that deals right. with these, uh, these kind of things on a, on a daily basis. And then if there's a large outbreak, certainly then we implement our emergency preparedness plans. And we have a lot of, a lot of support from the County uh, from the public safety um, folks in the county manager's office, and you know we've implemented the incident command structure. So there's a lot of resources available to us, as well as from the state health department. And I know you're you're on top of this, of course. So all the departments uh, really uh, communicating mm-hmm. on daily basis, or maybe even several times a day, right. depending on the situation. So right, we yeah. have frequent uh, conference calls and mm-hmm. with the with the state health department, and when statewide all all of us are on those calls and we're colleagues across the state so you know we've we've got each other's phone numbers and we share ideas and yeah there's a very aggressive response happening and that's because they want to contain this uh, very quickly so it doesn't continue to spread and and that's the goal and uh you know we just ask people to make a plan um 
if you know like like they would preparing for a winter storm if you do have to find yourself isolated at home for a week or two um, you know, just yeah, make sure you've got water supplies, and food yeah, yeah. And, and adequate medicine. If you're coming up on a refill, um, get your medicine and, you know, have soap and water and be prepared to stay home um, like you would if you were sick with the flu. So um, we want to remind people that, you know, there's no need to to be um, panicked or overly anxious about this, that this is, although it's a new uh, novel virus, we want to remind people that they can take the same steps that they would with the flu and um, follow those same guidelines. Well, Nancy McGraw, Director of Sullivan County Public Health Services, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate all the information. And again, uh, a uh, dedicated webpage to coronavirus, novel coronavirus, available through the Sullivan County website. And we also have a Facebook page. And there yes. is the Facebook page, which mm-hmm. brings up-to-the-minute information right. to the public. Uh, so if you need to check out on uh, social media, you can certainly do that. You can call Public Health Services directly. Uh, if you have a particular concern, 845-292-5910 is their number. Uh, the New York State Public Health uh, Hotline is uh, 888-364-3065. As Nancy just mentioned, that is available 24-7 now uh, during this outbreak. And uh, hopefully we will get through this together. I think we everybody will. has really, mm-hmm. really come together and, uh, you know, put plans into place. And and we had a, a, a good conference call the uh, last night with the uh, towns, towns and supervisors and towns and villages. Talked about, uh, you know, co- consistent communication and, mm-hmm. and reassurance and um, a lot of other things in preparation for, for the possibility of, of our first case, which is a matter of time, um, and just reassuring the public and, you know, steps to take. So we're all speaking with one voice. Very good. Very good. Nancy McGraw, thanks again. Thank you. This is Mike Sakel. Thanks for listening to the Radio Bold News Pod. Be back soon with more conversations that you can check out wherever you get your favorite podcasts and always at RadioBold.com.